0: This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 117, Overcoming Perfectionism. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you, and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, 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 my friends. How are you today? We are going to be talking all about perfectionism. Now, whenever I think of perfectionism, I also think of that typical job interview where they ask you your weakness and everybody hums and haws and then they say something along the lines of, oh, I'm a perfectionist, because they think that that can be seen as kind of a strength too. Now, I know you've heard it. I know you've probably done it. I actually have done it as well. But many of us are like, no, truly, I am a perfectionist and it kind of is a bad thing, but it kind of is also a good thing. And we can assign all sorts of judgments to it, maybe feel some shame around it even. But today, I want to just drop the judgment and just start talking about it. Because we do know that if you lean towards being a perfectionist, then you are at a greater risk for compassion fatigue and burnout. So let's start building up some awareness and education about being a perfectionist. So firstly, what is a perfectionist? Well, perfectionism is said to be the drive to appear, feel, and be perfect. A perfectionist has excessively high standards and overly critical self-evaluations is a definition I heard. They insist on perfection, flawlessness. It can show up as being overly critical of themselves and others as they try to control situations and the people around them. I'm going to share a lot with you today from Brene Brown as she really is a leading expert on shame and she says that shame is actually the birthplace of perfectionism. If you see perfectionism, then you know that shame is lurking around. Now, in her research, she found that the definition that emerged is perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect, live perfectly, work perfectly, and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. It's addictive, she says, because when we invariably do experience shame, judgment, and blame, we often believe it's because we're not perfect enough. And rather than questioning the faulty logic of perfectionism, we become even more committed to looking and doing everything perfectly. So then perfectionism actually sets us up to feel shame, judgment, and blame, which then leads to more shame, judgment, and blame. It's my fault that I'm feeling this way because I'm not good enough. Perfectionism is actually unattainable because it's more about perception than internal motivation. And there is no way to control perception, no matter how much time and energy is spent on trying. Now, we will dive into some of her research on what perfectionism is not as well in a few minutes. But first, I want to look at some of the signs that might indicate you're a perfectionist how perfectionism and dysregulation go hand in hand and what some of the consequences are of being a perfectionist. And then we'll go back to Brene's work. All right, what are some of the signs? Now I'm gonna try to get them all. I'm just kidding, kind of. You see, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking, oh my gosh, there's so much to cover. What if I miss something? And that totally is a sign of my perfectionism kicking in. Who cares if I miss something, right? I often call myself a recovering perfectionist because I have been working hard at trying to accept me as I am and at changing some of the parts that actually can hurt me and perfectionism is a tendency that I lean towards. Now perfectionists can be similar to high achievers but they do have some differences. So we're not going to go into the differences here too much but know that they are closely related except the big difference is perfectionism Is not striving to be your best or working towards excellence. It's not internally motivated. It is externally driven, often by the question, what will people think? So here are some of the signs. As a perfectionist, you might find yourself as, one, engaging in all or nothing thinking. So perfectionists tend to work hard to achieve a lot, but they don't like to stop until it's perfect. Two, they have a very strong inner critic. So they may be highly critical, finding mistakes and flaws. They are much more judgmental on themselves and others. Three, they have unrealistic standards. So they may set goals that are just not reasonable. And they may often feel that their actions are the problem or they're just not good enough to achieve these goals. The fourth thing is they tend to focus on the results. They're very focused on the destination. They often miss out on the journey and the growth that comes along with the journey, the successes and the failures along the way. The fifth sign is they tend to beat themselves up and may be pulled down low when things don't go as they want. And this can actually lead to more depression and anxiety. Six, they may struggle with a fear of failure. And failure can be scary and can actually prevent them from even trying, which is something that you often see. They just won't try to do it if they can't do it properly. Seven, procrastination. Now this seems like a weird one, but perfectionists may worry so much about doing something imperfectly that they procrastinate so much and become paralyzed. They miss out on so many opportunities because if they can't do it perfectly, they just won't do it. Or they'll take forever to do it to try to get it right and they just won't put it out in the world. Now the eighth sign that you're a perfectionist is you can become defensive because you really don't want any criticism. Even constructive criticism can be seen as threatening to their self-worth. And then lastly, they often will have a lower self-esteem. So those are a few signs that indicate you're falling into the world of perfectionism. I also want to talk about perfectionism and the nervous system. If you go back to episode 110, the zone of resilience, which is also known as the window of tolerance, Where do you think perfectionism lies? Well, we can actually map it right into dysregulation of hyperarousal. So that red zone, the zone of being stuck on, the zone that is on the top. Perfectionists tend to spend long periods of time in that state. So it really is a survival response. The energy is strong to take action. But we also know that in this state, if you stay in it too long, it can eventually lead to burnout. When we're stuck in this state, we lose sight of the bigger picture. It's hard to slow down. We get tunnel vision on trying to do what we're doing. We try to avoid mistakes at all costs. We take on more things. We do more. So we can get stuck with chronic stress. We are also scared of criticism, of failure. And we use perfectionism as a coping mechanism. The nervous system thinks that we're doing something to try to protect us. It's trying to avoid fear and criticism and punishment. If I do this perfectly, then nothing bad can happen. So it's actually trying to even prevent us from falling into the shutdown state where all that shame lives and where burnout lives. This lower state of hypo arousal is actually a harder state to come out of. So perfectionism is trying to protect us from going there by keeping us activated. Now, this is all very different than healthy striving, which is what we find when we are in that zone of resilience, that middle and safe state. Here, we can still feel motivated and energized and strive for our goals, as opposed to when we have a tendency to lean towards perfectionism, it can be much more stressful. That's a bit about perfectionism in the nervous system. Obviously, there's much, much more we can go into, but I wanna just give you a taste to see how involved the nervous system is with everything in your life. Now, where does perfectionism come from? A lot of perfectionism is said to be a childhood response to some form of trauma, whether it was actual or perceived trauma and its emotional consequences. It is the need to ease a painful emotion. So maybe there was a divorce and the child thinks that if they're perfect, it will make the family life easier. Or maybe it was a way to get attention. Or maybe it was a way to take care of others. And on some level in that childhood state, it worked. And a painful emotion was avoided from being experienced if you were a perfectionist. So that is just one theory about where perfectionism stems from. All right, let's get back to Brene Brown and what she has to say about perfectionism. I want to share with you some of her take-home messages. So the first one, it is not about striving for excellence. It is not about healthy achievement and growth. It is actually a defensive thing. We kind of have touched on this already. It's a way of thinking and feeling that says, if I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize shame, blame, and judgment. But sometimes we're so scared to let go of perfectionism because we think that perfectionism is the reason we achieve so much. And it gets tricky because there are times in life where we are rewarded for perfectionism and we do have success, like being a student, for example. Do things perfectly, behave perfectly, you're rewarded. But at some point as an adult or a non-student, this doesn't serve us well anymore. It does not serve us to have these unhealthy standards. Now these standards can lead us into depression and anxiety and addiction, or we can just miss out on things because we stop trying to do things. We may even stop living our lives. That's the life paralysis that she refers to. We get stuck in that hyper-aroused state, overthinking, being indecisive, and we can also get stuck in procrastination. We can get stuck in people-pleasing mode too, saying yes when we really want to say no, fear of disappointing others, making mistakes. So this is not healthy striving. All right, the next take-home that she gives us is that perfectionism is not self-protection. It actually is, as she describes, a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact, it's the thing that's really preventing us from being seen. It actually denies us of the very connection that we think it is going to help us get. We want everything to be perfect and to look perfect so that people will like us and so that we'll be connected to them. But as we do this, we have to hide our true selves because guess what? We are not perfect. So then we're not connecting with others. Now the third message is perfectionism is not self-improvement. It actually, at its core, is about trying to earn approval. And this can go back to where perfectionism likely originated in those early years when we got praise for achievement and performance. So we were often praised for good grades and good manners and a nice appearance and being good in sports and following rules and good behavior in class and people-pleasing. And that turns into this belief system of, I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. Please perform, perfect, and prove. Now, lastly, we've already touched on this, but perfectionism is not a way to avoid shame. Perfectionism is a function of shame. We use perfectionism because we think we can avoid shame. But as a human, shame is a reality of the human experience. Now, I do want to emphasize, there's nothing wrong with being a perfectionist. But all it is is a mindset that you have, a belief system that served you well at times. But you can choose to overcome it if you see it no longer serves you well. So to finish up, I'm just going to give you a couple of things that you can do to help work with and through your perfectionism. Firstly, always start with awareness. Shine a flashlight. Did I say anything today that resonates with you? Do you find you have perfectionist tendencies? Watch for them. Catch yourself if you're procrastinating or beating yourself up or letting that inner critic take over. Watch the language that you use, the all or nothing thinking. Start to build the awareness and do this without judgment. It is okay. We all have tendencies, but we all have different tendencies. Just happen to notice if this is one that you have and also be aware of what it might be holding you back from. Are you playing small? Are you avoiding doing things that you may want to do? So become aware. Secondly, once you are aware, then start to become your own best friend. Give yourself lots of self-compassion. Watch how you talk to yourself. Use lots of encouraging and kind words. Watch that inner critic. Speak to yourself like you would a trusted friend. Something that can also work is to find like a picture of you when you were little. Put it somewhere. Imagine now speaking to this child. What tone would you use? How gentle would you be? What would you say? I also like to think of if somebody went around with a megaphone and announced, what I was thinking or how I was talking to myself, would I be okay with it? If I'm not okay with these thoughts being broadcasted, then why am I okay at accepting them? Now you can go back and listen to episode 22 on self-compassion. Remind yourself that you are human. You can use phrases like, look at me being human again and doing whatever it is you're doing or how human of me to be thinking or feeling whatever it is you're thinking or feeling lots and lots of self-compassion. And lastly, I want you to try out a concept called B-minus work. And I think we've talked about it a bit before. Rather than aiming for 100% or aiming for perfect, deliberately aim for B-minus work. Get it done work. Allow the imperfections to be there even deliberately. Put yourself in the position to only present B-minus work. For example, I was recording videos for my group last fall, and I made a mistake when I was talking. It wasn't major. The message would still get across, but my brain was telling me, re-record the whole thing. And I deliberately chose not to. I just let the error be there. And I reminded myself that even though there was an error, what I had to say was still valid. I still had worth. It didn't change anything about me. Sure, it was uncomfortable, but I just practiced being uncomfortable we can practice feeling the emotions that perfectionism is usually trying to keep us from as well. So those are just three simple steps. I don't want to give you too many because if you are a perfectionist, you're going to want to try to do them all perfectly. So I don't want to overwhelm you. So start with acceptance, have a lot of self-compassion for yourself, and play with B minus work. That's what I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you do have a lot of perfectionist tendencies, then you are in good company. I am right there alongside with you. And together we can focus on having a lot of awareness, self-compassion, and just get out there and do be nice work. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching.